Welcome to the Messy Middle podcast and radio show presented by Mother and Founder Co. Each month, guests are invited to share their version of the messy middle and the lessons they've learned along the way. Whether you're in the messiness of growing a business, healing from trauma, or navigating the wild world of parenting, this show is a must. We are excited to celebrate the messiness of life and business with you. And now, let's settle in as host Jen Burwell connects us with today's guests. Welcome, everybody, to our show today. I am so excited. When I think about the two guests that we have on today, the word that comes to mind is just powerhouse women. I hope that makes you feel good and powerful because that definitely makes me feel good and powerful. So I am so welcome. I'm so excited to have Rachel Tarman, um, business development executive of VIP Mortgage, and Kelly Kuzman, CEO and founder of Kayla Gray Candles. Thank you and welcome for coming. Thanks for having us. So excited to be here. I, I have been waiting for this conversation for, I don't know, since I asked you like a month ago. So uh, today is the day. So I always like to start this show with just telling us a little bit about yourselves, your backgrounds. You know, you could start like when you were born all the way to how you got here. High level, big question, I know. But let's tell us, tell me about yourself. So Kelly, why don't you start? Okay. Um, I'll try to give a Cliff Notes version. But <laughs> uh, born and raised in Wisconsin, moved to Arizona in 2010. I have been always obsessed with beauty and all things beauty growing up, also mm -hmm. obsessed with everything in nature. Mm -hmm. My dad was an entrepreneur, so always wanted to do something in the entre entrepreneur space as well. Uh, but I actually started my career as an assistant buyer in fragrances back in Wisconsin and just fell in love with the way that fragrance makes memories tangible mm -hmm. um, and all the connections that, you know, it brought to me every time I would, I would smell something new. I just thought that was really beautiful. But as I worked my way up through, you know, corporate ladder. It's kind of hard to walk away from a steady paycheck. And so I just never did anything with that passion. And it wasn't until um, I had a couple of events that happened to me after I moved to Arizona that I realized that, you know, life is really short and I need to go after my dreams and started working on my business. So yeah, that's kind of Cliff Notes version of me. Yeah. I have lots of questions and fill in some of the, those blanks, but that that's awesome. Um, I always think about the that sense and memory thing. It's so true. Like it's the thing that brings you right back to time and place. And I, um, my great grandmother and I had a really strong relationship. She helped take care of me when I was younger. And every once in a while, I will smell that smell. And it's like, she is right back there with me. And it's so powerful. So those are my very, very favorite stories and mm -hmm. conversations with people is, you know, something so personal. I love mm -hmm. that. Awesome. And Rachel, how about you? Also born and raised in Wisconsin. Um, did not know Kelly then, though, uh, mm -hmm. like I do now. And I never thought I'd be in mortgages. So mm -hmm. unlike Kelly, who had a clear-cut idea of what she loved, mm -hmm. I kind of didn't know what I wanted to do. And I was a special education teacher for a long time before I got into the real estate world. Started in title and escrow and... One of our clients, who's now a business partner of mine, was like, why don't you come and work with me on the mortgage side of things? And I was like, mm, I don't know. And he's <laughs> like, you can kind of design whatever you want to do. And so I was like, all right, it's kind of one of those. I'll take a leap of faith and see how it turns out. And it was the best move I've ever made. And now I'm, you know, really helping our team grow. And I'm teaching, but I'm teaching adults now <laughs> instead. And, and so I'm fulfilling my teaching passion with a career that I never thought I'd be in and I couldn't be happier. How cool to like life takes twists and turns. But if you know like what you're motivated by, how you like made it work in a completely different industry. And um, I think you know this. I have two kiddos that are on the autism spectrum and there is a special place in wherever you believe for special um, education teachers because Thanks. it is 
a really difficult job. But okay, so you guys didn't meet in Wisconsin, but where did you meet? How do you guys know each other? <laughs> we met, and I, I still remember the day so clearly. Rachel probably doesn't. It was that bad. I fell in love with Rachel <laughs> instant, instantly. Uh, we met at a, a, a random networking event, and I just remember mm. spending time with Rachel and getting to know her and just feeling like I was at home with her mm-hmm. as, you know— as weird as that sounds, but I was like, okay, I like, I love her. I need to spend more time with her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How can I do this? So I stalked her a little bit and, you know, said we should probably <laughs> go out for some tequila and margaritas and whatnot. And so, yeah, we went out and had some margaritas and just like instantly hit it off. And mm-hmm. she has introduced me to some of my best girlfriends. And yeah, I just, yeah, you're the best, Rachel. Thanks. Well, it's so funny because I remember that day clearly too, but I also remember I was having a day where I was like, I just don't want to go to any events today. And I don't know if anyone else gets like that, but I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm going to go to Dutch Brothers and load myself up with a bunch of shots of espresso and it's going to be fine. And so when I found Kelly, I know that I was talking her ear off and I was like, Ta-da! and she was like, okay. And I walked away and I was like, I just scared the hell out of that person. So I'm shocked that you stalked me. I'm glad you did. But I was like, you, you remember it very differently than I do. <laughs> Isn't that funny? That's how it always is. I, I have a very similar story to how I met Rachel. Um, you know, we were at a networking thing and they were like, we have a Zoom time, like COVID world. And we had a little breakout. And I remember, I don't know if you remember this, Rachel, but I remember talking and I just remember like, this girl is so cool. Like, I just want to be in her circle. Um, and she invited me to this amazing networking group that you do every week, which that is a commitment. Mm-hmm. My goodness. Um, but the power of that group and just how you're able to connect people and just like bring everybody in, right? Like you don't, you're not like, oh, this table is only this long. I only have these seats. You're like, oh, well, let's just pull a table on over and keep on adding people. And that is such an amazing gift. How did you get this gift? And how do you do what you do? Honestly, I think it was partly my dad's personality. He's never met a stranger in his life, Mm -hmm. to some fault. I mean, (laughs) he talks to everyone for a long time. Um, But I just, I realized very early in my career when I was working in hospitality that people are what propel you to the next level. Mm -hmm. And so selfishly, you know, I got to meet all of these amazing people. And I was like, I can do something with all of these networks that I'm building yeah. And it brings me so much joy when I connect people. I always mm-hmm. like to say that I'm like a business matchmaker because I like to connect people to mm-hmm. do business together. Right. And it w- I would be doing people a huge disservice if I chose not to connect them. Mm-hmm. And so no matter how long it takes me, like if you meet me for the first time, I'm probably going to send you 10, 15 intro emails mm-hmm. because I'm like, you need to meet this person. You need to meet this person. And for me, it's just you are culmination of the people you spend the most time with. And so mm-hmm. I wanted some really powerful people in my circle that will always challenge me and support me. And that's, yeah. you know, how I run run my way of doing business too. Yeah. I mean, it's how you run your way of doing business, it's how you run your life. And it's, it is so true. I was talking to somebody completely random. I swear I could like pick a state in the United States and be like, oh, my friend Rachel Tarman. And people are like, oh, I know her. Because <laughs> I, I wish I could remember the example, but it was like some person that I would have never in a million years like, oh, I love Rachel. Like, that's everybody in oh this whole Oh, Where were you? <laughs> <laughs> Here I am right now. Okay. Uh, but, but the other piece is you've inspired me because I'm in so many different circles as well. And I love what you, so today you had your little presentation on our networking group about you and, and all the things. And that whole, that really resonated with me. Like it's a disservice not to connect people because it's so 
Like I found myself yesterday. I had a whole list of people. I was like, oh, I promised this person I connect this person that. And I was like, I have two options. I can log off my computer and go be done because I'm tired. Or I could really like fulfill what I said I was going to do and take the time and connect these people. And you were in the back of my head was like, what would Rachel do? She would connect the people. So it's these rippling effects um, that I just really, really appreciate. So thank you for being you. No, thank you for being you. <laughs> <laughs> do what I can. I guess we can only be, be ourselves. You're a great you. <laughs> <laughs> Same with you. Um, so Kelly, tell me a little bit more about the story of, of Kayla Gray and, and how you created your company and what really was the impetus and how it all got started. Yeah. So uh, like I mentioned, I had moved to Arizona in 2010, met my husband and I'm always going to get this wrong. It's very embarrassing. 2014-ish, um, got married in 2016, and we decided we wanted to try to expand our family and have babies of our own. And so found out we were pregnant in 2017, and I actually mm-hmm. suffered from a ruptured ectopic pregnancy mm-hmm. um, and almost lost my life, and we lost our first baby mm-hmm. um, that same day as well. And then it happened again in 2018, another ruptured ectopic pregnancy. Mm-hmm. And it was after those two moments that I realized life is short. Like, it's not guaranteed you know, God gave me a chance at life, not once, but twice. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, I need to do something with that life and, you know, make an impact both for myself personally to be happy, you know, and make an impact on the world. And so I started working on Kayla Gray um, to create mem- memories for other people through my fragrances mm-hmm. and named the company Kayla Gray because it was going to be the name of our first baby. And it was, so, it's so funny as you talk to Rachel about, you know, connection and everything. I met Rachel really during a time that I was coming out of pretty much a two-year depression. And yeah. like the light that I saw in Rachel was the light that I really wanted myself to get back and the mm-hmm. spark that I wanted to get back. And and the connection and community that came with Rachel was something that really drew me out of, you know, some of the hard stuff that I was going in and gave me the courage and confidence to kind of start plugging away at, at what I really wanted to do. I was able to see myself in other women. So yeah, I started, I launched the business on Black Friday of 2020 mm-hmm. uh, and was able to leave my corporate job in May of 2021 and I'm now full-time in Kayla Gray. Yay. Woo-hoo. That is amazing. I love your story. And I, I love hearing your story told through other people and just like, like you have this buzz around you and everybody loves Kayla Gray. Like we want to get behind your brand and, and how much of your story, your origin story, do you typically share? Do like people know your origin story? Um, it was interesting at first. I was really reluctant to tell it. Uh, like I said, I launched the business on Black Friday, and I didn't tell anybody my story until a couple months later. Mm-hmm. I always, I think, growing up in corporate retail, I've been in corporate retail for almost twenty years. I, you never saw a face behind the brand. I knew there was not really much of a connection there at all, and so I never really knew the impact of it until I started talking about it, and then. Mm-hmm. Women and other people would DM me and tell me stories of their experiences with infertility or just their struggles or maybe even not with fertility, but just things that they're working through, you know, as a woman or as an individual. And I was blown away by the fact that people actually cared about my story and like felt something when they heard it. And so I started telling it more. And now, I mean, I, I don't make it the face of my brand because I want my products to speak for themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, but I definitely don't shy away from telling it because yeah. I think when I was going through all of the things, it was very lonely. I was very lonely. There was almost a shame to infertility that a lot of people don't talk about. Yeah. Um, and me being able to share it. And I mean, one in five women are unable to have babies mm-hmm. on their own. <laughs> it's yeah. a lot. Yeah. And it's something that we don't talk about very often. And so I think right. the more that I share about it, it, it gives other women permission to not be ashamed that they're going through the similar struggles. Absolutely. I remember when my husband and I, we got married 
when did we get married? 2013. <laughs> um, and we got married in Northern Ireland. Um, and so we were on a honeymoon in Spain and we came home and I was like, oh, I don't feel good. I don't know what's going on. And I was, I, before I met my husband, I was never going to get married, never have kids. I was going to be an independent woman. Like that. And then I met my husband and, you know, all that changed. But when I came back, I was like, I don't know what's going on. And so I took a pregnancy test. I was like, oh, I'm pregnant. And we were not intending to be pregnant. And at like the 10 week mark or some week mark, we went in for our ultrasound. And at the ultrasound, the tech was like looking around, looking around. I was like, mm, I don't know what, like really what to expect. And she's like, oh my gosh, did you know you're going to have twins? My husband, I, my husband almost like fell on the floor <laughs> and we we're like, oh my gosh, and we're processing all of that. And then like within the next couple of minutes, she was like, and I don't see a heartbeat. And then she just left the room and I just sat there with like, okay, we just got told this and then we got told this and I don't know what to do. And it's my body. And I've never, I was, I've never been the type of person who like wanted kids and researched all about it. I didn't know anything about it. Long story short, it was a very confusing process. And then I ended up having to have a DNC and have a um, procedure. And I remember driving down the 101 after that appointment, bawling my eyes out because what I had planned was just going to the doctor and going to work. And I called my boss at the time and I said, I'm sorry, we just found out some really bad information. I told him what was going on and he, I could not even talk. And he said, okay, so do you think you'll be in this afternoon? <laughs> like, oh, yeah, <laughs> no, no. And then it was like, okay, but tomorrow, right? You're, you're going to be, you'll be back tomorrow. And so like that whole stigma around it and, mm -hmm. and just struggling and, and, um, you know, it's, it's so complicated and I don't know why as a society, it's like this thing we don't talk about, but you're very brave for sharing your story. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And I'm sorry you went through that as well. It, 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 it is. It's like people just kind of want to brush it under the rug and keep it mm -hmm. moving. And, you know, it, I spent a lot of time in therapy working through it because yeah. I didn't want to just brush it under the rug and keep it moving. Um, because if I didn't work through those feelings, like it, it just resonates in so many other parts of your life. So yeah. yeah. Thank you for sharing as well. Yeah. Yeah. Therapy is important. So Rachel, my friend, I want to know about this transition. So you were a teacher and you decided that, that, that you wanted to make a shift. Like, tell me about that transition. Well, I kind of want to circle back oh, really yeah, quick. Oh, yeah, sure. I think it's amazing how the two of you went through really traumatic experiences. And instead of just laying low and, you know, being depressed all the time, you turned it into something that's really positive. Mm -hmm. And I think even people that don't necessarily relate to the infertility part of it, can take that message and really say, hey, I shouldn't quit or I should mm -hmm. take that leap of faith and leave my corporate job to do something that I love to do. And what you both have done mm -hmm. because you're both entrepreneurs is so powerful. Mm -hmm. And that message, whether you share the story or not, is something that people need to hear. And so I'm proud of both of you. I just wanted to tell you. Thank Thanks, you. Rach. I told you you should host this for me. <laughs> You're amazing. <laughs> You're doing great. See, this is one of the projects that you're working on through your perseverance is this toasting. Yes. I'm going to be just like Rachel someday. <laughs> me too. I don't know if you want that. You haven't spent enough time with me then. I do want that. Okay. So, Rachel, I really am curious. Tell me about the transition from um, switching. You know, it was a completely different career path, right? So, you're a special ed education teacher and then you're looking for something different. Did you get right into mortgage right after that or no. was there something in the middle? Yeah. So I um, was dating my ex-boyfriend for five years and I was in the middle of teaching mm -hmm. and Christmas day, I found out that he was leading a double life mm -hmm. and that there was another woman in another country. And so that completely shattered me. And mm -hmm. I went through just like a numb phase, like was not good at all. 
all of a sudden I was left with a house payment and car payments on a very minimal salary. Yeah. And so I got a second job actually in fragrances. Mm. Um, so we do have that connection. Mm. And um, and I was trying to just pay the bills to be to be really honest. And then when the school year was up, I didn't know what I wanted to do next. Yeah. I, you know, was 25 years old and I was like, what is on my path now? Mm-hmm. So I did the flight and I went right back to Wisconsin mm-hmm. and I called my aunt and I was like, I need to. I need to live with you for a few months while I figure out myself and what I want to do next. And I have the summer to take that time. So I went back into hospitality, was working in downtown Milwaukee mm-hmm. for a couple months. And my dad, who um, owned a business at the time, he's like, hey, I need some help with the business. Mm-hmm. I want you to kind of be the face and the marketing and sales. Mm-hmm. Can you come work with me? So I was like, sure. So I came back to Phoenix, started working with him. And then we realized very quickly that we are too similar to work together. <laughs> and I think my mom was ready to kill us at family dinners because it was all talking about work stuff. So mm-hmm. um, one of our clients at the time, he was the vice president of a title company. Mm-hmm. And he's like, why don't you come do title and escrow? And I was like, well, he seems really successful. And if it means getting away from my dad <laughs> during the work day, I'm, in. I'm okay. out. Yeah. Here I come. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went and worked in title and escrow at the time. Didn't even know what title and escrow was. And I was really fortunate because that same person that brought me over, he was such a mentor to me mm-hmm. and really taught me the importance of making people feel valued. And yeah. so while I enjoy connecting people, adding value to people's lives is another part that's just not taught at all yeah. in schools or business. And so I was in a sales role, but I really took a relational path in that mm-hmm. sales cycle. And then when the title company was going to do more of a commercial instead of residential, mm-hmm. was like, what am I going to do with all these residential <laughs> relationships that mm-hmm. I have with real estate agents and yeah. buyers? And um, I love the emotional side of of our industry. So that's when Austin and I were talking and he's like, why don't you come and work for me? Mm-hmm. And so that's how I ended up in mortgage. So it was not planned at all. Did you just say you like the emo- emotional side of your industry? I know that's really shocking because I'm not emotional. <laughs> no, uh, because people are crazy when they're buying houses. Like, I feel like they're like so, like it's so stressful. Like, they it's are. Like high stressful. I, and I get it because when I went through the process, I was stressed. And I'm like, I do this for a living. Mm-hmm. Um, and But I think that allows you to empathize with with clients. And also it just... It's very rewarding to see them standing in front of the house. And Mm. we do the buy side only because we're on the lending side. So watching these people who have worked so hard over the last month to get us all the paperwork and make sure that they didn't open up a credit card and do all the things we (laughs) tell them not to do. Buy a new car. Yes. Guilty. Yes. (laughs) Oh, no. It's fine. Um, (laughs) Things happen. It's a very dynamic industry. Every day is something unique. I think for me, that was the biggest thing. And then being able to help our real estate partners grow their business Mm -hmm. is something that's so rewarding to me. And I love that part of my job so much. Mm -hmm. I can totally see that. So that's how, is that where you get a lot of your clients through the real estate agents and then also through the relationships that you build with actual like direct buyers. Yeah. 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 I would say probably of my own sphere of influence, like 25% of my deals are from friends or Mm -hmm. referrals from friends. But obviously real estate agents, you know, are coming across people that are saying, I want to buy a house, but they don't necessarily know the next step because again, that was never taught in in school. Right. And so that's where we come in and, and just help them 
be educated on the process, what the options are. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of lenders are notorious for just, okay, fill out this application and then we're just going to go and all right, here's your prequel. And Mm -hmm. the buyers are like, I have no idea what, what we're doing or like what this is. And to go back to your point, people are super emotional and they're like, I'm scared. Mm -hmm. And that's, I never want any of our clients to feel scared Mm -hmm. ever. I think that's, what's so great about you and your company in general is that like, I feel so comfortable going to ask you guys questions about things that may or may not even like you may not even be able to help me in whatever I'm asking you, but you have all of the knowledge around it and you help me make the easy, less emotional decision on things. Um, it And I mean, back to the emotional part of buying a house. I mean, is there anything better than getting those keys no. finally after going through all of the <laughs> underwriting and paperwork and everything? I mean, but you and your team, I don't know how you just make it so much easier and like fun. Like I've never had a fun buying a house experience before. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it is because it just... You're there to answer questions and you answer it whether or not you guys are going to be the ones to, you know, end up being the higher out at the end of the day. And I think that that's something that's rare in your industry. Thank you. Yeah. No, uh, there is something better. It's getting the keys and then opening up the door and there's a Kayla Gray candle burning. Oh, <laughs> look at yes. that. Oh, that was good. That was a great oh. plug. Love and that. I just want to like throw myself into velvet scent all the time. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about downstairs. We had a um, women's networking group and everyone was like, multiple people were coming up to me and were like, oh my gosh, it smells so wonderful in here. What did uh, Chrissy, our community manager, do? And I'm like, I don't know. She's magic. Well, of course I should have known because it was Kayla Gray scent that she was spraying. I'm like, oh man, I miss, sorry, Kayla or Kelly. I just want to call you Kayla. Um, it happens all the time. <laughs> I was going to ask you, does that happen all the time? All I'm like, the time. Kelly, yes. Kayla. Yes. Yeah. It's her alter ego. It is. No. Kayla. Mm. I love it. Um, okay. So if we go back, not that this is a fun time in your life, Rachel, but if we go back to um, when you realized that your relationship was probably pretty much over, yeah. what tools or resources did you have or use to help yourself? Because obviously you're not in that space anymore. So how... What did you use to help you kind of move from that space? Because that is like one of that is the ultimate betrayal, right? Like I awful. I, I, I think it was super isolating at, at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um and I was living at the time in surprise. Mm-hmm. My family was living in Gilbert. So oh, wow. I wasn't around friends. I didn't have the circle of people in my life that I do now. Mm-hmm. Um and I think you go through a lot of blame. Like Mm -hmm. it's your fault. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it's not your fault. Mm -hmm. There's nothing that you did that made someone act the way that they did. And to be really honest, I drank a lot um, just because it was numbing. Mm -hmm. And I remember I would go out and like party and then show up to school the next day (laughs) and just feel horrible. Mm -hmm. Um, And throwing myself into work was my coping mechanism because Mm -hmm. it was something I could control. And I felt like the rest of my life was out of control. And Mm so going and seeing those kids smiling faces Mm -hmm. every day was what drove me to get up every morning. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, there were some really dark times. And then again, I think the turning point was just coming back to Phoenix, Mm -hmm. having some time to breathe when I was in Wisconsin and kind of Learn mm-hmm. to love myself again, mm-hmm. which I think mm-hmm. is so important. Like, even if you're single, you can love yourself and be super happy and fulfilled. Yeah, like, absolutely. It's amazing, but I think a lot of people depend on other people for their happiness. Mm-hmm. So true. And I think even people in relationships depend on other people. Sure. And I think um, that's one of the hardest things to do. And I work with, I actually work with a lot of people to help them reconnect to that, that love um, themselves. And, you know, 
my husband and I had a situation that wasn't great um, and that caused a lot of stuff in my marriage. And what I decided was there was nothing that I could do to control the situation. Um, and of course, he had to meet me halfway. But all, what I needed to do was my own work. So once I went away and I did my own stuff and got reconnected to me. And, you know, you can get th- so thrown into like, I'm I'm a mom of three kids and like that's I'm giving to everybody else. And so my kids were young at the time and I felt like, oh, my gosh, I'm so selfish. But I was like, no, I need to do this for me and I'm going to go figure myself out and who I am and what I want to do. And that was a big piece of why I came to realize like, oh, you know, I have always wanted to be an entrepreneur. I've been around entrepreneurs. And so it's time for me to make that leap. But but I came to those realizations through that like self-love and connection and like, I got to be able to fulfill me because you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Like you just never know. Um, and the magical thing about that is I came back as a different person, was able to meet my husband halfway. Um, he did a lot of his own work and we're in a much, much, much better place than we were. But if it if it would have just been me angry and, and Matt and all the things, it wouldn't have, I don't think it would have worked out that way, even if he did all the things that I wanted him to do without that, that individual piece. So it's so, so important for, for people. And it's so, so hard. <laughs> like we can love everyone, but when we have to love ourselves, it's like, well, and I think too, I was talking to my friend the other day about this. Uh, she's going through some stuff and I just told her, if you aren't fulfilled individually, you can't give your best self to everybody else. No. And so I think a lot of times we put other people's happiness first. Mm -hmm. And while that's very admirable, you are not, you're doing yourself a disservice because you're depleting your own energy to give to someone else when you yourself feel like crap. Mm -hmm. And those around you feel and sense that, you know, I mean, you come back and you show up a different person and, you know, you have a lot more light to give, like Mm -hmm. your loved ones are going to see that. And especially kids absorb all of that around them. And they, you know, they see you taking time for yourself and like mm-hmm. doing the inner work. I mean, they're going to take those lessons with them into adulthood. And I think that is such a beautiful gift to give to kids too. Yeah, I agree. And it took me a while while to get there. But now I see some of the resources they have. Like my, my son will be like, mom, did you do your belly breaths? Because you look like you're a little angry. And I'm like, oh, that's so sweet. Mm, I'm breathing. <laughs> Just get in the car. Gosh, dang it. Um, <laughs> now I'm very triggered. Um, Start breathing. It's fine. I, you know, you know, you oh, mornings are tough uh, in our house. But Kelly, tell me a little bit. Okay, so you are what? what we're like two years old. Mm-hmm. For Kayla Gray. Year. Year and a couple months. You, oh, year and a couple months. Okay, yeah. 20. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. What has it been like? What has your journey been like? Oh, man. It's been it's been a journey. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say launching a business in the middle of a pandemic is, you know, it's a doozy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, with all the supply chain issues, production issues, shortages, uh, just the change in customer shopping habits. It was wild. Um, but like I said, I was in corporate retail for 20 years. So I think a lot of that kind of led to where I am today and kind of helped me learn and adjust and pivot quickly. When you start, it's a, I was in corporate environment for so long that when I switched to entrepreneurship, it was it was lonely. Like I didn't know anybody who was in that space or doing yeah. their own thing. And so I spent a lot of time figuring out and trying to find the right mentorship and, you know, women networking circles and just networking circles in general. Um, And I found a few that I just totally fell in love with and like Mm -hmm. found my people Mm -hmm. um, and found the support and the resources and everything that I needed to, you know, to really move my business along. So it's been good. It's been challenging. I think entrepreneurship is like a roller coaster. Life is like a roller coaster. You have a lot of ups, a lot of downs. And, you know, I think the people that 
are successful being entrepreneurs are the ones that are able to pivot quickly and, mm-hmm. um, you know, react to outer, you know, external forces as well as kind of regulate internal emotions the best that they can. But I need a lot of help. My husband's amazing. All of my <laughs> friends are amazing. Therapy's amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, all of it. Um, so yeah, it's 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 a roller coaster, but I love it. Yeah. I love what you said is it can feel really isolating um, and then finding your people. And this is a question that I get asked all the time is like, how do you find your people? So this question actually for both of you because you both are amazing at it. So what advice would you give to somebody who's like, well, I can't find my people. How do I do this? Maybe. I like dated a lot of people. <laughs> like, not like love interests, but like dating a lot of like networking groups. I mm-hmm. dated a lot of like, you know, women that were going to be my, you know, best girlfriends. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of times fell flat on my face like you do in a regular dating <laughs> atmosphere. I'm like, wow, that was a rough happy hour. Like not going back to that one. <laughs> But I will say like, People like Rachel, like you just find your people, the ones mm-hmm. that like make you feel at home, make you feel safe, allow you to be vulnerable and kind of open up to the struggles and they be vulnerable, ba- vulnerable back to you. Um, you know, I found a couple different networking groups that I just love, like, you know, Powerhouse Women, The mm-hmm. Foundress. Mm-hmm. Rachel's got a beautiful Thursday morning networking group that I pop in and out of on occasion when I'm able to. I just think it, it is. It's like dating, mm-hmm. you know, but dating for a different purpose. Um, so that's my advice is just try and don't give up until you find your people. You'll find your people. They're out there. That's great, Kelly. Rachel? Yeah, I would agree. I I always say too, like, find someone that you absolutely love. Like, I find Kelly and then just ask her to be friends and then be (laughs) friends with all of her friends because those people usually have similar, you know, personality traits or things that you can look up to Mm -hmm. and just make sure your values align. You Mm -hmm. know, if something just doesn't feel right, like don't try to force a friendship. Yeah. Um, That's a great one. I I think so many people try to just be friends to be friends, but Mm -hmm. if you're not providing value to them and they're not providing value to you, then Mm -hmm. you're wasting everybody's time. Yeah. Those are, those are great advice. I've been learning. So I, I feel like I'm on this dating journey um, that you're describing. And sometimes I'm like, well, that didn't go well. I I don't guess, I don't know if I can show my face there again. But the thing that um, I've been working through is there are groups that everyone tells you like, oh, you have to be a part of or you should be a part of. And if you go to them and there's like something in you that's like, these aren't my people, how do you get the strength to say like, okay, well, I'm going to like keep on going. I don't know. Maybe this is a rhetorical question, but it's like, like these are the groups that are like, oh, if you want to be successful, you have to do this, but then they're not your people. So what do you do? I wouldn't go if they're not your people. Just keep looking. And I would say too, like if you go to networking events, I love the Scottsdale Chamber. That's what I, Mm. that's like my jam. But I tell new members all the time, when you go to these events, yes, meeting people is great, but you really need to deep dive with them. And so Mm -hmm. going on those coffee meetings and things like that is so important Yeah, because I see chamber members come and they'll come to events, but they're not really going deep with mm. the people and they're like, oh, I'm just not getting anything out of it. It's like, but you don't know them personally. Yeah. And so I always encourage people go on coffee dates, if you will, business dates and find out about their lives. Because again, when you find that commonality, you're already starting the road to friendship on a strong foundation. And I think, you know, so many people just want quick results mm-hmm. and so you can't just go and throw your business card and expect something to stick. 
And right. so take your time and build the relationship. It's, it's honestly like romantic dating, right? You have mm-hmm. to figure out if the values are the same, if you like them, if they like you, mm-hmm. and where you're going. And if it's somebody with no ambition, you have a ton of ambition, like they need to move out of your lane. Yeah. That yeah. is such great advice. Sorry, Kelly, were you going to say something? I was going to say, similar to you, um, the advice I would have is go more than once. You know, mm-hmm. one mm-hmm. time doesn't necessarily Mm-hmm. equal like the entire experience and two if you're feeling triggered by something or like mm-hmm. something doesn't feel right to you being in in that room or in that space with those people I would say figure out exactly what it is that's triggering mm-hmm. you is it because you're out of you're pushing yourself a little bit out of your comfort zone if that's the case well then you need to keep going mm-hmm. right until like you feel a little bit more stable with pu- pushing yourself out of that comfort zone mm-hmm. because there's been rooms like huge rooms of like hundreds of women that I've walked into that I don't know a soul mm-hmm. and I feel like totally like I'm going to throw up like who am I going to talk to like you know hair on my arms is standing up like this is the worst experience ever and then I like leave that night and I feel better than I've ever felt because Mm -hmm. I put myself out there and I really pushed myself Um, so I would say go more than once if you're feeling triggered by something or uncomfortable Mm -hmm. like push yourself a little and see is it really about you or is it about the room and like Rachel was saying, like, if it doesn't feel aligned to your values, then ditch out. There's plenty of other groups out there mm-hmm. that that you're going to be able to find. There's There really is a ton of them. Yeah, absolutely love that advice of digging in and figuring out um, what why you're triggered. We, were, we had an event um, this weekend where we had a bunch of wellness professionals. And, you know, when you get like wellness people and life coach, all things like you think like they all have, we all have it figured out. And, but we had to have, we had this like meditation and this false cell that was like, if you're feeling triggered by someone in this room, like go examine that. That's yeah. a gift and think about it. And so that's just been really resonating with me is like, oh, what is this message? Um, and it is so true that it's hard when you don't know anybody and it's easy. It's easier to be like, oh no, it's not for me. You got to go. Bye-bye. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that one-on-one is really where the magic happens. It's great advice. And drink lots of coffee. Look at I found Kelly that way. Yes. I just found myself full of yes. espresso and it was like, hey girl. <laughs> or tequila. Whatever, you know, whatever. I mean, don't you. show up drunk. Probably not the best idea. Maybe on I your one to one, you feel it out. <laughs> I right. mean, maybe right, one bye. tequila shot, depending on your tolerance. Yeah, come on. Like one I'm not in. judging you. Let's just I'm do just, it. <laughs> I'm just what? saying I may not advise. Are you that. saying my method is incorrect. That's what I'm hearing no, from you. I mean it's working. Girl, it's fine. Did you pump yourself full tequila before you saw me? Maybe, maybe this morning I had one on the way in. You no, just don't know. It, no, I meant when you met me. Oh, Were no, I did not. I was, See, it's no, fine. Okay. It's true. Yeah, it's true. But we don't need tequila to meet you. You're so welcome. I just imagine Kelly like surrounded by her candles, just <laughs> sipping tequila. She's like, I got to go to this networking event. And then she spritzes herself. She's like, I'm out. That should be your next fragrance is tequila. tequila. So people, we won't know. Tequila and sunshine. Oh, wow. Like Thanks, guys. Thanks for this. <laughs> so, Rachel, so you have some exciting things on the horizon. Tell me all about them. Okay. Uh, I know that's a hard segue, but I just remembered that I was so excited. Wait, are um, you a psychic? Do you know what, what's coming up? I'm just kidding. Uh, I can see bright things for you. Thank you. Um, no, I have uh, the loan officer planner is coming mm-hmm. out hopefully in the next month. So exciting. Um, so I'm very, very excited about that. And I also have a business development course for Mm -hmm. mortgage professionals that are in the business development role. Mm -hmm. It's kind of new to our industry. And I was one of the first people to do it in our industry across the board. Like, and so now I've been speaking a lot of conferences and it's been a whole different atmosphere, which Mm -hmm. I love because again, it goes back to that teaching Mm -hmm. and helping people. So I'm just excited. Like it's helped our team's 
immensely and I'm excited to help other people throughout the mortgage world figure out how to be more successful at their craft. Yeah. So you're pretty much a big deal is what you're saying. Just a little. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I see those pictures of like hundreds of people just staring at I know. you on a stage. I know. It was very daunting. I I bet. It was, but it was it was so much fun. Like it's yeah. just fun when people, you know, want to learn. Yeah. yeah. Yes. That might be the transition. Well, I guess not all adults want to learn, but I feel like that's my challenge trying to teach children is they don't always want to learn or listen mm-hmm. to me, but adults. But okay, so you both speak on big stages. What do you have a ritual that you do before you go on stage? Like how do you feel grounded or um, prepared to speak to? hundreds of people believe in whatever you're talking about Mm -hmm. I mean I love my job and I Mm -hmm. know it inside and out I and so a lot of that prep work comes from my day-to-day experiences and paying attention to okay this is how this went here's the next steps how does that translate to other people as far as like preparation for speaking this goes against like all Toastmasters stuff but (laughs) I'm not a big preparer Mm -hmm. I just would rather go up there and be authentic. Yeah. Because I think it resonates a lot more than someone reading off of a PowerPoint. And that just like this morning when I was on doing my presentation, mm-hmm. if you notice my PowerPoint's all pictures. Mm-hmm. I just think it's more authentic and you're going to loop more people in mm-hmm. if they truly believe that you believe in your product and that you're a real person that they can be like or take qualities and tidbits from you. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's my advice. It's mm-hmm. good advice. I love that advice. For me, I kind of similar. Like I actually, I I think just being in corporate and like pitching to CEOs and like, you know, for projects and, you know, funding and all that stuff, like all the time, I would get so much anxiety like built up mm-hmm. to those meetings. And mm-hmm. I, you know, when I started my own business, I decided like no more, no more Sunday scaries. Like I just, I was over it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I don't prep. I don't. I know that sounds crazy, um, but I don't. I think the more that I prepare and like study like, you know, a speech or the certain things that I'm going to say, the more nervous I get. Mm-hmm. And so like, you know, about a week leading up to it, like I'll, I'll write down a couple bullet points of things that I really want to make sure that I talk about. Um, but in general, same as same as Rachel, like I think the more off the cuff and authentic you can be, the more your people will connect with you. And not everybody is your people, right? There's some people that are going to mm-hmm. resonate with you and other people may not. And that's okay. But I think the more authentic and open and vulnerable you can be in those types of situations, the better. I think it just resonates with people a lot better. Well, yeah. and I think too, it's just, you know, her passion for her product mm-hmm. that will do everything for her. Mm-hmm. It's just already ingrained. Yeah. And so it's a, like I said, it's a lot easier to talk about something that you truly believe and you truly are behind. So yeah. true. So it's a lot less scary to go up on stage when you're talking about something that you actually know versus <laughs> something you have no idea or you yeah. don't care about at all. Absolutely. I think that's true for you. I mean, that's why that's the same thing. Yeah. I always, when I'm speaking, I, my style is very authentic and I'm just like, you guys, if I practice something or if I feel like I have to read like specific words, like that makes, that'll be way worse presentation than just coming and speaking. But I always, um, I like to tell my story, my presentation through story. And it's always this line of like, how much personal do I mix into this? And I can see the people that are not my people because they're like shifting very nervously in their chair. And part of me has grown to kind of like that because the people that are coming to me, they're very much aligned with my values and they are my people. And so some of that kind of like weeds it out for me, but it's always scary to put yourself out there and to lead that. Do you guys find that it's exhausting when you're done? Like, I feel like I'm drained of all my energy. No, 
I do big time. I'm an introvert, though. I'm an introvert that, like, has to pretend to be an extrovert, you know, like in my field of work. I'm a real good pretender of being an extrovert. But, man, I, like, I'll go home and, like, after, like, a day of networking or, like, a, you know, a speaking engagement, and I'll tell my husband, like, I just, I have, I can't talk to you for 24 hours. Catch me tomorrow night. You know, I'll be great. I do, I do it all the time. Me and the dogs are hanging out, you know. Love we don't dogs. have to talk. <laughs> It's a beautiful thing about dogs. They don't have to talk. I love exactly. dogs. Rachel, you gave me a look. So. I mean, for me, I'm excited when I get off that yeah. stage. Yeah. I, I would say the same as Kelly. I'm an extroverted introvert where I need recharge time at the end of the day. But r- immediately after I get off the stage, I'm pumped. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm like, this is awesome. Yeah. I loved it. So, yeah, I think it depends on the context. and Yeah. I find myself like that, like very excited and like, I feel like I have all this energy and I don't know what to do with it after it's over, but then I crash hard and I'm like, no (laughs) one talk to me, look at me. Um, So Kelly, talk to us a little bit about um, what's coming up for Kayla Gray and what's new and exciting on your horizon. Oh my gosh, so many fun things. Mm. Um, We have a new scent launch coming in March, the beginning of March. So we do um, quarterly seasonal releases, which is really exciting. So we release a new scent. It's limited edition. Uh, We just do small batch production runs for a limited time. So typically we'll we'll roll out like a rollerball, a candle, and possibly an everything spray. Yeah, and a limited edition scent. And mm-hmm. uh, and then we have our our core line available all of the time. But yeah, mm-hmm. I'm super excited about our limited edition scent in March. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we'll, we're, you know, we're going to release another, like more of a spa scent in summer. And then we'll have like a real um, kind of a sexy scent coming out in fall. And mm-hmm. then obviously our, you know, our holiday winter scents will, will come mm-hmm. back in winter. Um, so I'm super excited about those. And then I'm actually creating a new product uh, that will be released this fall. And it's The thing about Kayla Gray is that I want our products to create a moment of pause for people. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is when you use our products, whether it's spritzing yourself in the morning with our our fragrance or lighting a candle to kind of light or to kind of, you know, have an intent of the day as Mm -hmm. as you're using our products, I want want those moments to be moments of pause, to kind of really absorb the Mm -hmm. moments, to to have them be created as, you know, memories in your mind that you can Mm -hmm. revisit time and time again. So I'm working on a a new product. that's going to be launched this fall that kind of ties it all together a little bit. Ooh, so stay tuned. I'm so So many teasers. I know. It's not fair. Now I want to know. (laughs) I do want to know, too. Maybe when we get off air. Stay tuned. (laughs) Can you also make velvet a permanent scent? Oh, I get that all the time. I know. Please. It's it's in consideration to come back and fall. It's magical. So you're making me feel a little better because I have a Kayla Gray candle, but I only light it in very special occasions. And I feel this like very, like, see that face. I feel very conflicted because part of me is like, I want to light it all the time. And part of me is like, no, it's my very special candle only at special times. So what should I do? I think you should light it. So what I do is like uh, an example would be like every year on the day that I saw my babies on the ultrasound. Mm -hmm. I have a special candle that I light just on that day. Mm -hmm. And I kind of create a wish that I put out into the world Mm -hmm. for the babies or for like, you know, my friends' babies or my family, Mm -hmm. you know, my nieces and nephews. Um, And I let that candle kind of burn throughout that day just to kind of commemorate that moment. Mm -hmm. Um, But then I have like my everyday candles. I mean, that you, I light it. It's like a way to kind of start my working day. Mm -hmm. I light it in the morning, take a deep breath, kind of look around me. um, And then, you know, I extinguish the candle when I'm done with work. Um, So I kind of, I have candles for different purposes Mm -hmm. like that. Um, And the, the scent that I do like every year 
for my babies is a different scent. And mm-hmm. that scent of really, I only tie it to that memory. Yeah. Um, so that when I do smell it, it kind of like, I don't know, it just brings those warm and fuzzies back to me. I like it. So what you're saying is I need more candles. I think you need more yes. candles. Mm-hmm. There's okay. a lot of a lot of beautiful candle companies out there. No, no, I, no more your yours. candles. Well, I mean, we're always available. Yes. <laughs> I think she's saying she has one Kayla Gray candle. Yes, I have one Kayla Gray candle. And I would um, um, not be happy if anyone, no one's allowed to touch it. No one's allowed to burn it. It's just my candle. I love that. It's its own temple. It does. And and the thing is, it's on my like, my dresser thing that I see right when I walk in my bedroom. And it's not lit, but it just makes me happy seeing Mm -hmm. it. And then the one time lately that I lit it was on my birthday. And I took a bath and I locked my whole family out of the whole master. And I was like, no one touch me. Well, no, that's weird. No one touch me. But no one come inside. No one come No one touch my bubble. Yes. I'm taking some time. And I just stared at the candle and I set my intentions for the year. And it was beautiful. And then I was like, oh, gosh. But that was a good thought. I could just get more candles and then have my candles. special. I like this birthday. Maybe I'll just keep that yeah. one for my birthday I love candle. That. I love that idea. And then get everyday candles. Yes, Rachel, how do you use your candles? I'm a glutton. I burn those things all the time. I would say the only one that I don't is hearth, just because Mm -hmm. to me that's more of like a holiday wintry scent, Mm -hmm. which I love. But velvet, that thing's always burning. Mm -hmm. It is bright light in my home. Mm. Oh, I love that. Well, when everybody smells it, like when they come to your house, they would feel like home. Like it all connect back. Velvet. It's all about me. I don't care if they. (laughs) (laughs) We have so many visitors at your house all the time. Tell me about it. (laughs) It's like a hotel. Yes. So, okay. If you had one piece of advice for somebody, um, Kelly, let's start with you first. If somebody's like, "Mm, I have this corporate job, my paycheck's really nice. Um, That was my situation. It's like, I get paid well and I love my job, but I have this burning desire to do something and I want to make this entrepreneurial shift. What piece of advice would you give that person? For me, it's twofold. First is like, do something about it every single day. Uh, maybe not every day. It's probably excessive. Who has time for that? But like, do do some action on it. Maybe it's one thing a week. So like, let's say you have, I don't know, a desire to start your own, I don't know, sock company. I have no mm-hmm. idea why socks came into my head, you guys. But let's say <laughs> you want to start your own sock company. Socks like cool. week one, Google how to start a sock company. Mm-hmm. Like week two, Google like what are the best fabrics for moisture wicking. Like, I don't know. (laughs) But like every single week, like do one thing to kind of get you a little bit further and further along Mm -hmm. in whatever that idea is. And then two, I always advise people who are like really wanting to start like to go full-time in their side hustle, to pretend they're full-time in their side hustle and save that salary that they're not going to be getting anymore for like six months. Mm. So like for six months before you decide you want to go all in on your side hustle, pretend you don't, you're already in all in on your side hustle and save that salary in a Mm. bank account. So you have six months of savings ready to go for when you actually do start your side hustle business. Because twofold, A, it'll give you some savings and, you know, you make very different decisions from an abundant mindset versus a scarcity mindset. Mm-hmm. And two, it kind of lets you see what it's going to look like mm-hmm. when you actually go all in on your side hustle business. Um, so those are my two pieces of advice. One is just do something little every single week, uh, just one little step towards your goal. And then two is, you know, pretend you're already in it and just see how it feels. That's great advice. I wish I would have talked to you before I just quit my job <laughs> and went all in. I was like, oh, no, it's time to do it. So here we are. Um, Rachel, what advice would you give somebody who's wanting to get into the mortgage industry? I would say have a plan and Mm -hmm. have a good 
foundation at the beginning. Mm -hmm. In the mortgage industry, there's so many people that want to just jump right in um, on the loan officer side of things, which Mm -hmm. is a little different than my role. But on the loan officer side, start at the bottom and really learn all of the foundational things to make you a good loan officer Mm -hmm. once you get to that point. And having a strong team and a, a strong company behind you is so important. Yeah. And have, you know, have a plan. And work, just like Kelly said, working on it every day. So if your yearly goal is, I want to do $10 million in in volume. Mm -hmm. Okay, what does that look like on a monthly basis, on a weekly basis, on a daily basis? Mm -hmm. Are you doing action items every single day to get to that $10 million? Um, Because I think a lot of people just go in with no plan and they're like, I'm going to do it. But they don't look at the how. Mm -hmm. Um, And I would just say the other thing too, kind of, to Kelly's point, not necessarily mortgage industry specific, but you can always make more money. You can never make more time. Mm-hmm. And so do things so that you love to do, mm-hmm. whether it's the mortgage world or fragrances or anything else, because you only have a short amount of time and you don't mm-hmm. want to look back and say, I should have done that sooner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is great advice. I, I I love both of you, what you're talking about. And um, Kelly, in your in your guest form, when you were talking about you know losing your babies and almost your life, that like that was that trigger for you of like life is short, so like do what you love. And Rachel, same thing. Um, I'm sure you know when you made all made that shift and and relationship ending, I was like, well, what am I? I only have time for things that I love, right. and it shows up so much in both of your worlds. It's like if I don't love it, I'm not doing it, right? So wonderful. So I have one last question um, before almost out of time, but I always like to ask, and Rachel, I know you're a big reader, so this might be an easy question oh, for you. No. <laughs> I know, no pressure. I know what's coming, da, 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 da. it's not an easy question at all. Okay. I love, love, love resources and books. So you could do books or podcasts, but what one, one book, so either what is your favorite book or podcast, or what is the number one book or podcast you recommend? Can people. I do a, a book and a podcast? Yes. Okay. So for podcast, I love The Mindset Mentor by Rob mm-hmm. Dial Jr. Mm-hmm. Um, and for book, it is Never Eat Alone by Keith Brazi. Yeah. Ooh. I have not done either of those. Do them. Written. Um, book for me was Untamed by Glennon Doyle. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my all-time favorites. Uh, podcast is actually just a super... I have ADD, so like if it's not with under twenty minutes, like I'm just not, it's just not going to happen. Um, so I listen to the newsworthy all the time. It's like yeah. twenty minutes of news. It just kind of you know updates me on the things that are going on outside of me. Yeah, so those are those are the two that I I listen to, read. Love that. Yeah, I love Untamed. It's a great book. Yeah, it is a great book. It is awesome. I just heard she's um, creating a TV show, uh, I think around Untamed, Ooh. like the book. That'll be good. Um, I know. But, I was talking to my husband. I'm like, it's it's weird. Like, why are you going to create a TV show? Like, I would see her as like a talk show host or something. Yeah. But she's doing a TV show about her life. And my husband's like, you know, not everyone reads books as much as you do. Like, <laughs> people don't read books. He's like, when's the last time you've seen me read a book? I'm like, oh, I don't know. Anyways. So, all right. So let's tell our listeners where um, they can find each of you if they want to connect. So, Kelly, do you want to start? Sure. Uh, you can find me at kaylagray.com. It's C-A-Y-L-A-G-R-A-Y.com or on Instagram at Kayla Gray Co. Cool. And Rachel, how can we find you? I'm more on the social platforms. So uh, my Instagram handle is at R-L Tarman, T-A-R-M-A-N. Uh, that's probably the easiest way to get hold of me mm-hmm. or Facebook. It's just my first and last name, Rachel Tarman. Awesome. Well, thank you both so much for joining me today. It was an excellent conversation and I can't wait to go to coffee and tequila with you soon. <laughs> thank same, you same so day. much. Yes. Yeah. Can we do same day? Just extend the day. Just one long day. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Burning candles. <laughs>
and sipping tequila. Yeah. Perfect. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. You have been listening to the Messy Middle Podcast and Radio Show, presented by Mother and Founder Co. We hope you have found a few pieces of wisdom to help you navigate your own messy middle. Be sure to subscribe to The Messy Middle on your favorite podcast platform and follow Jen Burwell and Mother and Founder Co. on Instagram. Remember, beginnings are usually scary and endings can sometimes be sad, but it's the middle that counts the most. Until next time, stay curious, kind, and messy.